0: Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt-free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Denise Thomas. Denise Thomas.
1: I'm Denise Thomas, your debt-free college coach. We're being joined by Ethan Sawyer. He's a nationally recognized college essay expert, sought after speaker, and author of the Amazon bestseller, College Essay Essentials. Each year, he helps thousands of students and counselors through his online courses, workshops, articles, products, and books, and works privately with a small number of students. Ethan, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me, I'm glad to be here.
1: High school kids have done a lot of outlines when they're writing, you know, papers for their high school classes. Should they be using an outline for this type of an essay?
0: So it kind of depends, right? Like some students are more of the gardener types where they want to just, let's plant a seed, let's water it, and let's see what happens. And they might have a cool idea. Like I want to, you know, write this essay on, um, look around my room. My, so like health, like I've got this like little health bar next to me here. So maybe I want to write about health and there's this cool experience that I had where I tried to become vegan and I totally failed. And like, that's an idea that I think could be interesting. And I want to just be the gardener and like water that idea and see what happens. And that might work. Other students want to be more the architect, which is like, I need a structure. I want to know what is my essay doing and what is going to happen in the end so that I can feel comfortable this is an idea that's going to work. That's more efficient for me. And so it just kind of depends. One thing that I think works for both the gardeners and the architects is just thinking through what are the big chunks of the essay. And if we're talking about chunks, I mean like the beginning, middle and end. And if we're talking about narrative structure, the narrative chunks are going to be, what was the challenge I faced? What was the, what did I do about it? And what did I learn? And if I can figure out some content around those three pieces, I can do one third, one third, one third, then that's enough to I think start writing an essay. Now, if we break down those chunks a little bit further, and there's, um, it's gonna be hard for folks to remember all of these pieces, but the way the narrative structure breaks down, actually, let me give the montage structure first, and then I'll check in with you if you want me to get into the nitty gritty, Denise. <laughs> so in terms of the montage structure, we're jumping around in space and time. So it could be that the theme of the essay is like, um, travel has shaped my life in important ways. And it's made me more um, creative. I'm trying not to do adventurous. It's made me more, um, you know, it's brought diversity into my life in important ways. It's made me a better listener. Let's just go with those three. Let's say it's, it's maybe more creative, diversity and listening. I'm gonna focus on those three values. Well, then those might be the big chunks of my essay and I do a paragraph on each one and then I need some kind of ending, okay? And the, what's cool about the montage structure is that the whole essay doesn't depend on one paragraph working well because you can kind of switch out that paragraph and bring it in. Whereas with narrative structure, if you don't have a great challenge, Like if the challenge of your essay was like, not making the volleyball team, which may not be that interesting actually, unless we understand why that, what that meant to you, then the whole structure doesn't work. What's cool about the montage is that if like, paragraph on creativity, paragraph two doesn't quite work, then we can like switch that paragraph out with something else. do you want me to get more nitty gritty or should I save yeah. that for another time? Yeah, okay.
1: I'd love, I'd love to know more about how to, how to structure these and, and outline Yeah,
0: them. totally. Okay. So if, if we're going to get more into the outlining for a narrative essay, there's an exercise I have called the feelings and needs exercise, which folks can just Google feelings and needs exercise. But the questions that I think you'll want to answer is number one, what was the challenge that I faced? Number two, students sometimes skip over this, but what were the impacts of that challenge on your life? So for me, you know, my parents got divorced. Let's say I don't write about divorce probably because it's a pretty common topic. But if I was writing about divorce, that's going to be pretty common. So what were the impacts of that in my life? Well, you know, in my life, you know, my parents getting divorced meant that um, the churches that were supporting us financially because my parents were missionaries dropped our support. And that's what led to some of the financial difficulties. So in my life, divorce meant financial difficulties. Divorce also meant that my mom moved out of the house and my brothers had to move back and forth. Okay, well, that's, that's another impact that might be different from somebody else. Maybe somebody else, you know, they ended up totally living with, with one family member. Or, you know, and what were the impacts of that? Well, you know, my brothers would sometimes, it, it, I could get into the details, I don't need to. Once you get the challenges and the effects, next question is, well, what were the feelings around that? And I've got this big feelings list because sometimes I think students kind of skip over that part. And the reason I like talking about feelings is because that relates to the next question is like, well, based on the feelings you felt, What were the needs that came up for you during that time? And the reason I think it's so important to talk about needs is that I feel like if I can get a deeper sense of what need you were trying to meet, then it's an easy stepping stone to seeing well, what you did about it was in an effort to meet those needs. So a quick example, once my parents got divorced, I felt a little bit confused because they didn't really tell me why. And I felt a little bit annoyed that my brothers, you know, had to go back and forth and a little bit emotionally distanced because I was getting ready to graduate high school, I was ready to go to college. So if I look at those feelings and I go, okay, I felt um, annoyed and I felt detached and I felt um, confused, what are the needs underneath those? So if I had a need for, if I was emotionally detached, I probably needed to be more connected. So I had a need for connection. And then I think about the being annoyed, not really expressing that. So I probably needed to communicate about that. Maybe I didn't communicate that about as much, about that as much as I could have. I didn't go to a therapist or anything, um, although I probably could have. Um, and then if I wanted to like, let's say, be a little bit more um, okay, clear, I, I, I had a need for transparency. And so what, how did I meet those needs? Well, I don't, I didn't, again, go to therapy, although again, I probably could have used it. I. I just kind of did my thing. I like did theater and I did basketball. And it wasn't until I was actually doing this exercise that I started to think about, why do I do theater? What needs is that meeting for me? And I thought about these needs of like communication and transparency and honesty and connection. I found a family in theater that I hadn't found anywhere else. And so suddenly, wow, now I've connected this extracurricular activity to this challenge that didn't even feel like, you know, connected at all. And I'm starting to see, okay, well, how did I, so I brought theater into my life. So that's some of the, one of the ways that I met my needs, and that's the next column. So it goes, challenges, effects. The, you don't have to remember all these, they're in the exercise, feelings, needs. And then how did I meet those needs? Well, one of the ways I met my needs was through theater. And then I asked students, what are some of the other ways that you met your needs, other extracurricular activities? And then what were some of the values, or I call them superpowers, that you developed through the thing that you did? So well, doing theater, I expanded my creativity. I became more autonomous, more independent. So now suddenly that essay is becoming more about my growth as an independent individual through this cool thing that I found in a roundabout way through my parents' divorce. And suddenly those qualities of independence and autonomy and like creativity, those are going to serve me in whatever I do, whatever college I go to, whatever career. And so these six steps, and then there's an optional step of like talking about how it'll serve you in your future career if you have a sense of it. But these six steps, as I walk through in this exercise, and it's like a 15 minute, you know, YouTube video exercise, can help students sort of map out what is the structure of their essay. And so suddenly those three chunks, challenges, what I did about what I learned becomes challenges, step two, effects, feelings and needs just to kind of get into like the, well, how did this impact me? And then what I did about it what I learned through the experience and where that's headed in the future. So suddenly it's more like five or six chunks, but those become five or six paragraphs of an essay.
1: That is absolutely fantastic. And I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of students don't realize that colleges and scholarship committees, they are looking for that personal connection. And they want to know who you are. Totally. But they're looking for that slice of your life, bringing the reader into your world, regardless of which type of essay it is. Yeah, they want to feel like when they hand you that check, that they know you.
0: Totally, totally. Yeah, that's where that vulnerability comes in. I think that one of the qualities I talk about a lot is is vulnerability. It's that being willing to share something with the reader that you wouldn't share with a normal person, you know. And and I think that vulnerability is kind of magic in that way. And there are lots of ways of being vulnerable, right? You can for example, reveal something that you feel like people might judge you for, or, you know, you can reveal something that you don't know yet that you're still exploring. That can be another way of being vulnerable, or just something that you like, really like to geek out about. Like, I love constructed languages, or, you know, I just really love math. You know, those kinds of things can, can help the reader see into like who you really are. Um, and, and yeah, by the end of the essay, I feel like the reader should not just like know more about you, but should actually feel closer to you. Now that's not going to happen if you're all the time, if you're doing a montage essay, because it might just kind of go around. So this isn't like for me, like a 100% must be vulnerable thing. But if you are writing about a challenge, I think oftentimes it will be. And I think figuring out how do I, you know, how do I shape that vulnerability or share that vulnerability in a way that shows them what my skills and qualities are? Because sometimes students will just be like super vulnerable for like nine tenths of the essay sharing about a challenge. And then at the end, it's like, but I'm working through it, you know, and it's like getting those challenges up into the first third of the essay. So we've got enough room to know what you did about it and what you learned. That's what colleges I think are really interested in. Really think of the challenges as just the setup for the, what you did and what you learned. Cause that's what's like how you metabolize the experience. I like to say is what colleges are really interested in. Another way that I've heard say this is like, you don't get into college just because your parents got divorced or because you're first generation. It's like, so what, so what, so what?
1: Exactly. It's it's not, and you don't want to necessarily, you know, if you're not going to share this with your parents, or if it's only something you would share with a therapist and not with your parents, it's probably not a topic you want to address necessarily or going that deep. Well, but yeah. I agree that there are there are certainly times when being somewhat vulnerable is important uh, for that particular topic. Yeah. Now, what's interesting to me is once a student has. They've, they've got it written. They, they know, hey, this feels good, okay? What about revising the essay? Are there strategies that are best for that?
0: Totally. Well, one thing that I encourage students to think about is when they're asking for revising help or they're thinking about how do I make this better, oftentimes students are focused on the details of like, is this sentence right? Is this moment right? And I want to get students to think about on a higher level, like, is the content the content that I want? And then is based on the content is the structure. It's kind of like a little upside down pyramid. We've got content first and then we've got structure. And only once we have content and structure in place, do we start to talk about the details. Okay. And I I see students make this mistake a lot. They'll send me an essay and they'll say, Hey, can you check this for grammar? And I'm like, well, I could. But if, if the content is not really revealing certain qualities, then it doesn't, the grammar doesn't really matter. And it's, you know, the, the, the crass expression is like, it's, it's, if you're just working on grammar, when the essay isn't right, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, right? And so one of the things I, enc- I wanna encourage students to think about is when you're thinking about revising, let's make sure the content is solid, is on point, and you're revealing some of these qualities. So how, what, what do I look for when I'm looking at content? Before we're even into the revising, is like, am I, is the student revealing core values? Do I get a sense of insight? Which is to say, are you answering so what? you know, maybe in every paragraph three or four times is great. Um, Is it vulnerable? Which is to say, is it personal? And then finally, is it well crafted? Now, oftentimes, you know, it's hard to separate revising from craft. So let's let's set that aside. But are there core values, insights and vulnerability? Because if not, it might be time to think about another topic. And the best time to think about another topic is right now. (laughs) Because right now is when you have the most time to revise before the deadline. Okay, but let's say that the, we, we look at the essay and we really like the content. We feel like this is the student's deepest story. The student, you know, let's, I'll speak to a student. Let's say you read this and you're like, yes, this is a story that I have to tell. Then we gotta look at structure and go, okay, well, is this narrative structure, is this working for me or are there pieces that need to be kind of shortened and lengthened? Let's see, and the way that I revise with that is like, do that one third, one third, one third, one third challenges, one third uh, what I did about it, one third what I learned. If we're doing the montage, we gotta look at, okay, Are the different pieces do I like all the pieces you know could it be that this third paragraph isn't working? Let's flip it out and bring in another value, right? Could it be that there's you know a piece missing here? Like maybe you're a really funny person and then that that the humor is really not coming through Could it be that there's something that shows that more? Okay, once you've got the content and the structure solid now Let's talk about details. Now. One of the things students ask a lot is, you know How do I make the essay flow better and it feels like it's not quite flowing A simple way to figure out if your essay is flowing or not is to highlight the first sentence of each paragraph in bold. In fact, highlight the first and last sentence of each paragraph in bold and just read them aloud to yourself. And as you read them aloud to yourself, what you'll see is that in some cases, these things are really linking up and it's flowing. But then you'll see some other pieces where it's like, well, there was like a logical leap that was made from paragraph three to paragraph four that didn't quite work. And I can tell just by reading aloud those bolded sentences, there's something missing. And so what I encourage students to do is to rewrite those bold sentences to make sure that they do connect to the previous paragraph. And then that might require, you know, writing the stuff, rewriting the stuff underneath it. But this simple exercise of highlighting the first sentences in bold and reading them aloud and then rereading them and rewriting if you need to can be a great way of revising your essay. I know that sounds like to some of you like some really basic, oh yeah, this is English topic sentences. I think of your, your opening sentences as being kind of like, the labels for the moving boxes. So it's like, imagine that I'm going to move my house and I'm getting ready to like put, you know, let's say, let's take the montage essay. I'm getting ready to like, you know, well actually let me, let me give the metaphor and then I'll relate it to montage essay. So I'm getting ready to move. I've got everything in this room. Um, and what am I going to label it? Well, everything in this room is like, this is the office. So I'm going to label this box office. And in the next room, I'm going to label that kitchen. I'm going to label this like playroom. I'm going to label this, you know, master bedroom. Um, when it comes to those, those, um, basically those, the paragraphs of your essay, you can kind of label each one with what you want that paragraph to do. So for the montage structure, this is where I wanna show them the creativity that I've developed through travel. And so I need to give an example that shows how I developed creativity through travel. And maybe I need to give an example of how that creativity is manifesting in my life in other ways. So I'm gonna call this the travel has shaped my creativity. In fact, wow, travel has shaped my creativity is not a bad topic sentence, right? (laughs) And so if I can think about kind of labeling the box of the paragraph, that's a great way of thinking about what is the structure. And then if I can make sure that the lead-in sentence for each of those paragraphs is clear and is clearly connected to something that I've just been talking about, that's when I start to see the, the flow of the essay and how it's structured. I call that finding like the bones of the essay.
1: Well, let me ask you one more question when it comes to revisions. Should students look to the same individual to help revise or to edit essays?
0: If it's going well, yes. (laughs) If it's not going well, then maybe try somebody else and have a little, you know, polite parting conversation with that person. Because sometimes, for example, if you really know that person really well, if it's a parent or a sibling, that can get kind of like complicated and it can kind of like bleed over into other areas of the relationship. So again, I've seen that work really well sometimes and students have connected with their parent or sibling and it's been beautiful. What I wouldn't advise is like reaching out to like 10 people at once and because you get too many cooks in the kitchen, right? And you're, especially if you're a people pleaser and you're a perfectionist, you want to make sure that, you know, I had a student email me a couple weeks ago and was like, so I shared this essay with my ninth grade biology teacher, and she had some input that I want to include. And I was, she'd already shared it with like four or five different people and gotten there. Okay. And she really wanted to include this person's insight. And I was just like, you know, I joked to a colleague of mine. It's like, you know, I sent this to my All my cousins and four of them really liked it, but two of them didn't. And I want to incorporate with the two, you know, so that can just be totally maddening. So I wouldn't recommend sharing it with too, too many people, but finding someone that you trust, uh, that that you feel like, and that has some sense of what colleges are looking for, has some experience in the college admissions process, I think could be a great idea.
1: Excellent, excellent. Now, I do advise on many parent and student forums, and occasionally I hear the question, how do I know if my essay is good?
0: Hmm. So I, in thinking about this, I, I, so I came up with kind of a test, uh, cause I was like, how would I develop a rubric for this if I had to? And I've asked a lot of counselors and, and I, and I, and I, and I would, so here's what I'd say, decide what good looks like for you. So don't even take my word for it. I'll share with you what I think makes a, a great essay, but decide what good is. Now we can't define that based on you know, did I get in or not? Because that's not something that's in our control and it's based on a ton of other factors. If we're just evaluating an essay, you, whether you're a student, parent or counselor, I think it's important to define, well, what does that mean? What it means for me, when I look at the essays that I really love, they have four qualities and I've mentioned them already, but I'm gonna mention them again. I wanna know who you are and by who you are, what I mean by that is what are your values? And that's why I start with that values exercise, because I feel like by the end of a great personal statement, I can name, you know, four to five at least in a, in a really good one. I can probably name more like eight or 10. Number two, um, you know, what are you, well, that's, I, I sometimes switch the order of these, which is why I'm stuttering, but let's go with insight. Next is like, did you, after you told me the thing you wanted me to know, did you go one step further and answer the question? So what? A few times in ways that maybe surprised me in ways that probably as you were writing it surprised you, like, did you make some discoveries during this process? Cause you can kind of feel when there's like a fresh aha moment in the essay, it kind of surprises. It kind of, there's a lift that happens. Um, let me give you an example of this cause it's probably kind of vague as people are hearing this. Um, there's a student that I worked with a few years ago who was writing about taking, taking cars apart in his garage. And he says, sometimes at night you'll find me in the garage replacing standard chrome trim with an elegant piano black finish or changing the threads and the stitching of the seats to add a personal touch. Cool, lots of values there, working with his hands, attention to detail, creativity. But the student went a little bit further because I asked him to. I said, go, keep going. What's the so what? And what he ended up coming up with is something like, as I believe a few small changes can transform a generic product into a personalized work of art. And it's like, ah, now I get this student is tuned into aesthetic details and art is a big part of his life. Okay, cool. So I'm getting a little bit, some more that's framing this thing that he's just shared. This is, I call this the show. Give me the show that shows, you know, values and then give me the the tell, which is the insight into what you've just shared with me. So that I get some sense of how you're making meaning out of this, because that's what's going to set your essay apart. It's going to show your brilliant, beautiful brain at work. Right? And it's gonna give the reader a sense of who they're inviting onto the campus. Right? So that's the second one is the insight. And then the third one is I think vulnerability, finding some way, whether it's through self-effacing humor or through revealing some part of you that you, you know, may not share with everyone. But I don't think you need to go to level 10, kind of like you were saying, Denise, if this is something that you would only share with a therapist, you know, and what are these things? It's, it's usually, it's not the the thing itself, it's usually the details. So I had a student who had experienced, you know, physical abuse at the hands of her father. And she felt like this was part of her deepest story. And saying that is fine. But it's she when she wrote her first draft, she was describing the blood on the kitchen floor from her nose where he'd hit her. And it's just like, it was kind of like reinvoking the trauma for the reader. And it was hard as a reader to recover from that image in my head of like the blood on the floor that she was using to make an impact, but it was so my, my advice here, if you're going vulnerable, is like, we don't need to go level 10 vulnerable. Like level six or seven is like, okay. And what that often means is taking something that you could get really detailed and show a lot and just tell and say, here's a thing that I experienced. The other way to do it is to, again, move the challenges into the first part of the essay. So that's vulnerability, I think, can be important. It's not the uh, not as important as core values in my book. And then the last one is craft. It's like, do we get the sense that you really spent some time revising and working on this over a series of, of drafts, revisions? You know, is the spelling, grammar, punctuation, you know, solid? It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I'm I'm not one of those. It's like, everything has to be absolutely perfect. You know, it still seems to sound somewhat casual, conversational. Um, but those are my qualities. And so I say this just to to, to frame it and go, you, student, or Counselor or parent might have a different sense of it. But if you don't if you don't like those values like or those qualities like figure out what it means for you Like what does it mean? And it's kind of hard But what does it mean to read, you know to, to write a great essay for me? Those came from looking at hundreds of essays that I really loved and kind of plucking out well, What did I really like about those and how do I? Like identify those as qualities that I think you can actually work on bringing into your essay
1: Excellent, excellent I think I noticed, too, that uh, when it comes to writing these essays and getting them revised and whatnot, a lot of students are, I think, a little too focused on word count too early on. Yeah. Word count is like last in my book. Totally. Talk about that after the essay is freaking perfect and you love it. Then if we need to cut some words or add some words, we'll talk about it. Don't even consider that in the beginning.
0: This is like, yeah, totally. This content structure details. They're into the details. That's a detail. Are, is the content right? Do we have the right pig, right? <laughs> or, you know, another way I'll think of this is like we're kind of molding these um, clay pots. But the, at the start, we don't really know if it's molded. Like, we don't know. Are we making a bowl? Are we making a cup? You know, students are like kind of focused on the handle. And I'm like, don't worry about that. Let's figure out what is the, what, are we even molding with the right clay? You know, so.
1: Excellent. Excellent. You've given us some incredible insight when it comes to that personal essay. Ethan, thank you again for being with us.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com. See you next time.